Check Me Out is a production of Panhandle PBS and Amarillo College's FM90. Partners include the Amarillo Public Library, the Harrington Library Consortium, and Amarillo College, with the support from the Anne Ray Foundation and Barnes & Noble Booksellers. The main character, I forgot his name because it was a really forgettable book, but <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm just like... He said something like, why do you smoke so fast? And she said, you guys smoke to enjoy it. I smoke to die. And that's what the entire book felt like, was that one line, but just over and over again. <laughs> I remembered that when I was reading it, I didn't even know that they were dying until, <laughs> until they died. And I was like, I, I went back and read half the book. Like, what? What just happened? You will know it is time to turn the page when you hear the chimes ring like this. Welcome to Check Me Out, a podcast for book lovers. I'm Hillary Holsey, and I'm joined today by some of our younger readers. If they could now introduce themselves individually. I'm Haven. I'm 16, and I'm a senior. My name is Olivia. I'm 15, and I'm a sophomore. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. Today, we're going to talk about some of the younger adult books on the list, the Great American Read list. If you haven't had a chance to go check out the list, you can check it out at pbs.org slash greatamericanread or on our website at panhandlepbs.org slash greatamericanread. Why don't we get the conversation started uh, by some of the books that stood out to you that you remember reading or that you've read recently from the list? What books appeal to you on this list? Haven, you want to go first? Sure. Just on the uh, first page, I saw The Giver uh, by Lois Lowry. That was my first ever favorite book. I remember we read it in fourth grade. My teacher read it to us, and that was the book that actually started my love for reading so much. And usually I'm the first person to say that I don't like dystopian, but I love The Giver so much. Yeah. It's, have you read The Giver also? I have. I loved The Giver so much. I think we read it in sixth grade, maybe. So The Giver is also one of my favorite books. And I, it's interesting because I remember my teacher in, I guess, third grade, read it out loud to us and it, it appealed to me. And I, I talked about it in a previous podcast. So what about The Giver? Did you like? Do you remember liking if you can remember? Well, I've read it so many times since oh, okay. then. So. Yeah. But I think what stood out to me is that was really the first book that I had ever heard that was more adult, like up to that point. That was the most adult book. And it kind of made me think a lot more than my other books did. It was more um, challenging. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree. I'd heard of it several times before, and I didn't really know what it was about necessarily. But we started reading it in class and I think that was a helpful scenario for me to be reading it in because our teacher would really emphasize all the subplot points so that we could be aware of those and think about all of those points throughout the book that maybe weren't brought to the forefront, but still were there like an underlying message. So I think that that was really helpful for me to be able to kind of have that there for me to understand all these messages that I wouldn't have necessarily gotten if we weren't reading it in in a classroom setting. So did you did, did your teacher read it out loud to you or were you reading it as a group together? We read it as a group, just okay. kind of page by page went around the room. And you were read aloud too. Yeah, and I remember my teacher got really awkward at the scene or I guess I don't want to say any spoilers, but there's a few uncomfortable scenes. I just I remember that more than anything. 
<laughs> I don't I even getting know if I know what you're referencing. What are you? Um, unless you don't want to talk about well, it. I don't, I don't know if I should say. I didn't know if I should say spoilers or not. Yeah. Just in case. I, okay. We can assume that um, people are readers. When they're, so. um, oh, what's it called? Whenever they was it called getting sent away? Do you know what I'm I, talking? Yes. Where yeah. they're banished or of, of sorts. Yeah, and okay. they would. They gave the baby the shot in the forehead. Oh, okay. Yes. He didn't like reading that to a room of fourth graders. Oh. Understandably. Really? Oh. I guess that I'm weird and I don't know why that's an issue. I don't remember my <laughs> I don't remember my teacher being uncomfortable with that. But I know that her reading it aloud to us, she also read Number of the Stars. Have either of you read Number of the Stars? That's a great book. Yeah. I loved it. It's another by the same author. And she read both of those to us. And I think being read aloud, you know, read two Mm-hmm. really influences my feelings about a book because it's more of a an interesting connection with your professor, your teacher, or whatever. I'm thinking on college level here. I've never had a professor read out loud to me because they <laughs> expect you to read by the time you're, you know, like college level. What about you, Olivia? What What book stood out to you? Well, I mean, I'm a Harry Potter fanatic, so that stood out to me. And The Hunger Games, most people have read that. I remember reading To Kill a Mockingbird in, I think it was eighth grade, and I remember being really impacted by that book, so that I was very pleased to see that on the list. The Outsiders is one of my favorite books. I remember reading that with a class as well, and I just loved that book because it was a really different setting from what I'm used to, and so it was very, very interesting to read a book take place in something that I can't relate to. And so it really helped me and kind of opened my eyes to a different setting and a different, I don't know, socioeconomic status, I guess. Yeah. And so I really loved that book as well. Did the characters appeal to you? Like yes. what, what about them? Yes. What, what did you like about that They book? were all very, I don't know, a word that comes to mind is dashing. I guess they were all very, uh, I don't know. They just appealed, yes, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Do you have opinions on that? I just really love greasers. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So it's that bad boy charm and appeal. Okay. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Pretty much. Okay. So have you read The Outsiders also, or have you seen the movie, or? I haven't, and I'm going to blame my English teacher for that, (laughs) because... (laughs) She didn't tell us to ever read it. We just watched the movie in class. But that's one of my favorite movies, and that's a book that I've always planned on reading mm-hmm. whenever I get the time. But recently I've been just really um, really liking older, more classic literature, mm-hmm. a lot more like Jane Eyre and different things like that. But I will read The Outsiders one day. Yes. It's really good. I loved seeing the relationships between the characters because they're all male like main central characters are all male and so i've always read books that have you know the emphasis put on female relationships like friend relationships so i was really interested in that book because it focused more on male relationships and i really liked reading about that as well that's a really interesting point because i i never even thought about that until you just said it but they really don't show boys or men or anything in books really having a lot of relationships, especially yeah. the more popular books. Like I know that they do it, mm-hmm. but the more popular books have usually a female protagonist. And if it does show male relationships, it'll be more of a side thing. So that's one of the few plots that I know that has the main plot being 
relationships between men. Exactly. I think that's fascinating because, you know, we've recorded a few podcasts already and everyone that is, they're, they're in a bit of a different generation than I, I would say even myself. I'm only, um, you know, maybe a decade older than the two of you, but they're all upset about how old white dudes are what is mostly represented in, in literature. So do you feel like female characters are more represented in books that you read in general? In modern day, yes. I can understand if you're talking about books like Fahrenheit 451 or older books. But in modern day, if you just think about it, The Hunger Games, Divergent. And like, even if they aren't the main character, they're up there and they are still a huge part of the story and a Mm -hmm. huge part of the plot and the plot progression. I do see that there have been many more prominent female characters in the books that I read and the books that a lot of people my age are reading right now. Why don't we talk a little bit about Harry Potter? And speaking of like female protagonists, you you have Hermione Granger, who's an incredible role model, at least she was for me when I was reading the books. Absolutely. So Harry Potter, when did you read it? How did you feel about it? Because you guys, it was not your age group that it was targeted to. You were much younger when those books came out, correct? Or were you even alive? I don't know. I, was, I don't know the math. math. It came out in, uh, I believe. Late 90s. Late yeah. 90s. And um, I got it for Christmas, my fourth or fifth grade year from my uncle. And he sent me an entire set of all the books and um i just i loved them so much i remember i read all of them and then i reread them i think i read goblet of fire in a day because i loved it so much it still is one of my favorite things i have just harry potter merchandise just strewn about my room yes i remember for the weirdest reason i didn't read it until a long time after all of my friends and peers had i'm not really sure why I just don't think it appealed to me at the beginning, just because, oh, magic and wizards, that wasn't my thing at the time. But, but now then, it is. But now it's completely <laughs> my thing, and I own two sets of the series, you know, every piece of merchandise, and I love it so much. So I really don't know why I didn't read it sooner. So what is your favorite book in the series? Oh, can you, you even do no, that? Not no, not at all. Can you choose a favorite? Goblet of Fire has always been my favorite for a really long time because I really love Cedric Diggory a mm-hmm. lot. <laughs> Greaser, Cedric <Yeah>. Diggory. <laughs> They're polar opposites there. But recently I've been really liking Prisoner of Azkaban, which is very weird because I actually don't even like the Marauders that much. And that seems to be what a lot of the book is about. Mm-hmm. Why don't you like the Marauders? Okay. I mean, that's really unusual. See, usually the people who don't like the Marauders also are the people who really like Snape, but I don't like either of them. So I don't know. I just, I feel like when they grew up, I like them when they're grown up, but I still feel like they were bullies. It's kind of polar opposites because I don't like the Marauders when they were in school because they were bullies, but I like Snape when he was in school because he was being bullied, and then I don't like Snape when he grows up because how he reacted to it, and I like the Marauders when they grow up because how they changed. Oh. Yeah. I do like the character of Snape. I think that he was portrayed perfectly in the movies. 
I do like him as a character. I love his story arc and his character development and all of that. I don't stand for, you know, what he does, but I do like the concept of his character. Exactly. I That's what I've always said is I love Snape as a character. I don't yes. like him as a person. Snape is a great character. And that's interesting because I'm, I'm thinking back to the first time that I ever read Prisoner of Azkaban. I was probably in fourth grade. I actually remember... I read it on Deer Day. Did you guys have Deer Day? We yes. did. Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know what Deer Day is, because I know there are some out there, it's Drop Everything and Read Day. And for our school, we got to bring our sleeping bag and wear pajamas and bring snacks and read the entire day. And so I read Prisoner of Azkaban, and I thought that the Marauders were so cool. But then as I as I grew older and I began to understand, you know, bullying and how people are treated and how it affects you later in life and I didn't think they were as cool, but a lot of people do. You know, mm-hmm. they they really, they have their own following in the fandom. And um, as far as Snape, I mean, he's a great character. He's dynamic and he changed. He changed. You learn, you learn different, different things about him throughout the entire arc. It's not, it's that huge reveal at the end with his character and his love for Harry's mother, which I guess we should have all seen coming, but I totally did not. Um, okay, so the your favorite changes, perhaps, like you're reading more at Prisoner of Azkaban is your favorite. You like Goblet of Fire, though. Yes, I love Goblet of Fire. Goblet of Fire has that great Hermione arc in it, too, which yes. uh, is totally ignored in the movies. Um, so why Goblet of Fire? What, what do you like about Goblet of Fire? I think that I like Goblet of Fire a lot because we get to see a lot from the wizarding world, especially in the later books. But we don't really get to see that many different creatures aside from whenever Hagrid is involved or um, like Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. Just different things like that. In that book, you get to know just more about the mechanics of how things work. And it really was the first time that it really sunk in for me how deadly everything was, how dangerous everything was, because... I mean, they were literally putting kids in a competition where they could die mm-hmm. yes. and acting like that was okay because it's tradition and they do it every so often. And I also love Cedric Diggory. <laughs> <laughs> so since you can't choose a favorite book. I can't. You can't at all. Not no. at all. So do you have a favorite character? Well, I mean, I mean, everyone loves Hermione. She's great. I think that Sirius... I do like Sirius. I think I have liked Sirius more reading like fan lore and fan theories. I think that I've grown to like him more because of that. I remember reading the series, you know, he wasn't a favorite, but now, you know, reading the fan theories and the fan and all this stuff from the fans, I've grown to appreciate him a lot more. So I do like Sirius. Who else? McGonagall. That's Heck my favorite. Yes. That's yes. my favorite. We named my old cat, my grandma's old cat. Her name was Minerva because she looked <laughs> just like the cat that McGonagall transformed into. It was great. Cool. McGonagall is one of my favorites. I mean, I Hermione will always and forever be my favorite because fellow know-it-all is going to stick together, you know, because I definitely identified with her. And I often think that the book should be like called Hermione Granger and whatever else, but I know you have to see the the book, <laughs> yeah. the, the world through Harry's eyes, so. I guess it makes sense that it's titled Harry Potter, but Hermione does everything. She takes care of everything, and I think McGonagall is definitely another strong female character that is kind of an unexpected heroine 
in, in the end. And I really admire a lot about her as well. So you said something about fan lore. Do you seek fanfic to read more than just, you know, um, Harry Potter or is it strictly Harry Potter? Have you done Pottermore? Have you tried Pottermore? Yes. Okay. Yes, <laughs> yes, definitely. What houses are you in? Hufflepuff. You're a Hufflepuff? 100%. Heck yeah. Slytherin. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. I'm a Ravenclaw. Nice. Yeah. Um. So did you stick with Pottermore or did you kind of just get sorted and then move on? I knew that I was going to be Hufflepuff before I even took the quiz. Yeah. Just because Hufflepuff has those qual- And that's another thing I really like about Harry Potter is it takes, like, for example... Uh, a lot of people who have just seen the movies like to say, oh, well, Gryffindor's the good one and Slytherin's yeah. the bad one. And I don't like that because they all are so unique and every house is so unique and has this great backstory. Mm-hmm. And Yeah. So I knew I was Hufflepuff because they have those um, qualities of being very uh, kind and generous, like kindness before brains and beauty and everything like that. But they also have those aspects of being clingy or needy. So (laughs) I I knew that I was going to be Hufflepuff pretty well. Did you think you'd be a Slytherin? I was honestly not sure what I would be because I, reading the books, they'd, you know, bring in some character traits and I'd be like, oh, you know, that's me. But then you'd see something else from another house, and you'd think, well, that's me too. So I really wasn't sure what I would be, but I'm sticking with it. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, Slytherin's framed in a very... Negative light. Negative. Yes. Yeah. So are you are you cool with that? Um, I mean, I'm cool with it. I think that it's... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Slytherins have such good traits, though. They yes. do. They do. Yes. I mean, I'm not going to get into an argument per se, but it's not correct, people's perceptions. So it's not, you know, a big deal. I just know they're wrong. I, that's totally fine. I just, I've, I don't think I've ever met anyone that's been sorted into <laughs> Slytherin, so that's really cool. I had a question for Olivia. Absolutely. Um, it's really been split a lot, and not even just in the fandom, just with book readers in general. Did you like Harry Potter and the Cursed Child? Have you read it? Um, I have read it. I wasn't a huge fan, I guess. It didn't have that same magic, I guess. Like, it didn't have the same Harry Potter feel. It felt like a fan fiction. It did. It didn't feel like another book. But I liked getting to see their kids and stuff. Yes. Because I love Draco's son. So much Scorpius is so cute. And I think it's so funny how they're just polar opposites of their parents, pretty much. Yes. I watched this YouTube video one time, and it was talking about how all the Harry Potter books, at its root, they are mysteries. And so The Cursed Child, at its root, was trying to be a Harry Potter book. And so that was kind of an interesting difference that I thought, yeah, that's true. I kind of don't sort it into the same category because it wasn't written by J.K. Rowling. Yes. So that's why I've never really considered it its own book. That being said, I did like the characters and I did think that it was interesting. It didn't feel like a Harry Potter mm-hmm. book. I, I've read some of, um, I can't remember her nom de plume for some of her books, but I read The Casual Vacancy and 
some of the things that followed Harry Potter and it just didn't feel right because J.K. Rowling was writing, you know, not Harry Potter, but I could not make it through Cursed Child. I just, it didn't have the same feel. You're right. It doesn't have the same kind Mm -hmm. of vibe, though I do appreciate, you know, what it's done for the legacy and how it has its own sort of niche in the Harry Potter world. Do you guys have anything else you want to say about Harry Potter before we move on? Um, I don't want to rant, so no. no. (laughs) I was just going to say Draco Malfoy is a really underrated character and he deserves a lot more love. That's all. Okay. <laughs> also a Slytherin, so yes. there's that. Um, I just think that it's a really important series and everyone should read it. So, Haven, when you came in, you had some pretty strong opinions and viewpoints on John Green, and his book on the list is Looking for Alaska. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. What are your opinions? What are your thoughts? I mean, is this is like for younger adults, younger readers. What What do you think of him and his writing? And explain. It just feels like a Wattpad novel. It doesn't feel like a real book. Do you know what Wattpad uh, is? A what? A, a Wattpad? Wattpad. It's a fan Sorry. fiction website. And people write like original stories on it and sometimes the stories get published there's a one that was a harry styles fan fiction that got published and it's at barnes and noble and it's so weird who is harry styles from one direction oh okay (laughs) you kids and your things Uh, i don't know what you're talking um, about now spell what this is a what novel a what um, what what what, w a T-T-P-A-D. I feel so old right now. <laughs> it's just it's just a fan fiction website. It's really popular. But his I just don't understand because his plots themselves are good. I like his plots. The only thing that I like by John Green is The Fault in Our Stars, the movie. I didn't like the book. I find that his plots and his stories are all good. It's just his writing style makes me so angry because... He writes in the point of view from teenagers. Every single one of his books is from the point of view of a teenager. So it's always really weird to me, number one, when it explores adult themes because he's like a 40-year-old man writing about inappropriate things with teenagers. But there's been other things like that that have happened in books, and I haven't, like, minded it as much because it was written well. Okay, But his writing style feels like something I could have written in middle school if somebody was like, okay, so the plot is there's a girl uh, with cancer and a guy with cancer. Go. And then I could have written The Fault in Our Stars right then. I don't don't like his writing style. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So why do you like the movie then? Because the stories are good. I feel like the actors in the movie did a really good job of portraying it. It was just more clear. That's another thing is he he doesn't describe things as well. He focuses more on what the characters are thinking more than what's happening. So whenever I was reading The Fault in Our Stars, I found myself confused a lot because not just because I didn't know what was happening but because he wasn't explaining what was happening. And the movie just showed what was happening and the situation so much clearer. Because whenever you're reading the book, it it doesn't feel like 
there are these two kids who are dying. It feels like there are these two kids who are in love, but also they're tying. But in the movie, <laughs> it was so much more clear and it felt a lot more grave. They're dying and this is what they're doing with the last of their days, pretty much. Maybe it's harder to imagine. I mean, you're you're young and mm-hmm. I think that seeing seeing something versus reading something is a totally different thing and I I I believe that wholeheartedly. But that's the thing is with movie adaptations um like for example Harry Potter. I love the movies, I love the books and I understood both of them. But with John Green it's just it's not the same. It's just really not the same at all. But the the only book that I had a problem with was Looking for Alaska because it was very predictable. It seems to be everybody's favorite, even though it's just not that good. It's really just not that good of a book. I haven't read it. I've read Fault in Our Stars, though. Yeah. The Fault in Our Stars was okay. That's probably his best novel, even though I didn't like it all that much. It's his best one. But for in Looking for Alaska, sorry, it just <laughs> makes me laugh because it's really edgy. But not good edgy. Like, there's a line in it where Alaska says the main character. I forgot his name because it was a really forgettable book. But (laughs) (laughs) I feel I'm just like, I don't like him. Um, He said something like, why do you smoke so fast? And she said, you guys smoke to enjoy it. I smoke to die. And that's what the entire book felt like was that one line, but just over and over again. (laughs) (laughs) wow i wish i could add more to that but i I really can't i do john green's used multiple times in like i've seen him write so many forewords for other authors and people tend to really like him as a person which is kind of how you feel olivia Mm -hmm. um what what do you think of john green well like how you were saying haven about it didn't really feel like they were dying in the fault in our stars when you said that i remembered that when I was reading it, I didn't even know that they were dying until <laughs> until they died. And I was like, I, I went back and read half the book. I was like, what? What just happened? Where 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 was this going? So yeah, I do know what you were saying about yeah. the Fault in Our Stars. In the Fault in Our Stars, Augustus, um, in the book, he's like, the cancer came back, and that's all he says. But yes. in the movie, he's like, the cancer came back. I'm dying. And you you knew. And sometimes it's better not to tell and let that kind of be a surprise. Mm-hmm. But I just thought that the movie handled it so much better. Every time I watch the movie, I cry. And whenever I read the book, I cry too. But that's because I it's just bad. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's amazing. I mean, I think I caught on that they were dying pretty early on. But I, I, I it's in pop culture. So how can you not? I mean, no, I, but that's but you yeah. guys reading it, you know, at this age, I'm a little bit older. I I could see how that's happening. It would happen. There have been books that I've done that where I'm like, wait, what? I missed something entirely. That's a really big plot point. AKA these people are dead. Or can yeah, I, um, that's interesting that you both felt that way about Fault in Our Stars. Can I connect it to another book just really quick? Sure, absolutely. Um, I read this book. It's an adult novel. It's called. Well, I say that like it's inappropriate. It's not. Um, <laughs> I picked it up thinking it was going to be really bad. And I I like reading bad books on purpose because I think they're funny. And it's called Hello Kitty Must Die by Angela S. Choi. It was so good. 
It's one of my favorite. It compared it to Fight Club on the cover. And I was like, oh, it's not going to be like Fight Club. But it actually was a lot like Fight Club. And it had those dark themes. But uh, spoiler alert, in case you're planning on reading it, she comes into contact with an old friend. And it turns out that this friend is a serial killer. But unlike in John Green books, when they don't tell you the severity of a situation, this reader trusts you, or the writer trusts you to figure it out on your own. He never says, no character in the book ever says, oh yeah, this character is a serial killer. Over the course of the book, he starts um, getting girls from bars. Like he'll take Fiona, the main character, to a bar, be like, point out a girl for me. And then the next day, nothing will happen. Nothing will come of it. But over the pro like progression of the book, it's never a big reveal. You just know. And I really like the way that that was handled as opposed to the cancer's back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm going to move this forward with, because you talked about movie adaptations and one of the most recent adaptations that's come out is Ready Player One. Um, have you both read it or is it just? I have read it and watched the movie. The only thing I know is what my boyfriend has told me because it's like his favorite book. That's okay. Go ahead and um, talk about it, Olivia. What do you think of Ready Player One? Why? Why Why this book? Why now? What do you think of it? Well, I saw the movie kind of by accident. I wasn't <laughs> planning on seeing it, but a group of friends was like, hey, let's go see a movie. It's like, okay. And so we were going to see Black Panther, but we'd already all seen it. So we thought, hey, let's go see Ready Player One. And I loved it so much. I hadn't read the book yet. I, re I watched the movie first. And that's normally not something I like doing because I just like, having the book image in my head before I go see it. But I think it was really helpful for me to see the movie first because I already had an idea of the world they were in. Like the world was already built for me. And so I already knew what was happening in the book. And so it was helpful to already have an idea of what everything looked like and what everything happened and how it all worked. Like th just the basic workings of the world before reading the book because then when I read the book I would know oh that's that and oh that's how that works mm -hmm. and it was really easy so then I could just get into the story instead of having to basically build the world myself before being able to read the story. So for people who don't know Ready Player One what is it about what is it's kind of dystopian but it's that's not the main plot point so it's about you know earth and Earth has, it's running low on energy, like clean energy. And so basically there's an energy crisis and everyone's moving to cities. Prices are skyrocketing. It's a kind of bad place on Earth. And so that's when this man named James Halliday creates the Oasis. And the Oasis is basically a virtual reality world. And, and basically everyone on Earth lives their lives in virtually re virtual reality in this world because it's so much better and they can be who they want to be, you know, do what they want to do. Everyone spends their time in the oasis instead of in the real world. So James Halliday, the man who created the oasis, before he died, he created, at its basis, it's a treasure hunt and the treasure is an egg. And if you reach the egg, you get full control of the oasis and basically a trillion dollars. So, <laughs> what? So, so it's not, you know, a, an easy treasure hunt. It's really hard. And you have to know everything about James Halliday, what he liked, 
you know, his favorite TV shows, his favorite decade, his favorite all of this. And so it's about these few characters finding the clues, building their knowledge base to get to the final stage and finding the egg. So wow. it's very good. Yeah. It's very do good. Do you relate to the characters? Do you like the characters? What What about it do you like? I just like the story. Like we were talking about McGonagall. I love McGonagall so much. I didn't really feel that with any of these characters, but I just love the story so much because it's such an interesting plot line and it's so different. It's really, really different from most literature. And so I just love the story and the progression and them figuring out all the clues. And so I liked the story the most. I haven't read it or seen it, uh, but I did listen to a spoiler-free review of the movie and the book, and they said that there was a lot different with the book. Oh, yeah. Did you feel like... Which one do you f did you feel more connected to, like the book or the movie? The differences weren't in the characters or the world itself. The differences were the clues to get to the egg. They just took a different path to get there. It wasn't... The beginning and end weren't any different. It was just kind of the clues they followed in the path that was different. So that I actually really liked that because then you could read the book and watch the movie and be equally interested and it's two different stories. And so I liked that because I loved the movie and so reading the book, I was expecting to just, you know, go through it and oh, that's when this happens. Oh, that's when this happens. But no, it was a completely different story. So I I really enjoyed it being very different like that. That's cool. I mean, it, and it's kind of like a video game. Like you choose it your is. own, you choose your own path. You choose your own direction. So, I like that. I have not read or watched the movie. So now, with your glowing recommendation, I'll have to do that. Something we have not talked about books that you read that are not on the list what what book do you wish was on the list hello kitty must die by angela s Choi. <laughs> it's so good okay i won't talk about that one because i just i just talked about it i was really confused that wonder wasn't on here me too wonder has become one of my favorite books of all time it makes me just cry and it's really strange because it doesn't just make me cry for augie oh i should explain a little bit. Um, Wonder is a book about a kid. I can't remember exactly what he uh, has, but he has um, some very strong facial deformities. And it's just him living his life as a kid and how others react to him. There's different chapters with different viewpoints. Uh, there's one from uh, his sister's boyfriend. There's one from his friend at school. There's And it's all written in different points of views. There's a second one two called Augie and Me. It's such a good book because you relate to everyone. Everyone is their own character. The plot does revolve around Augie, but the characters don't. And I find that a lot of times in books, the characters, the side characters will just revolve around yes. the main character. But every single character in this book just has so much going for them. It isn't just oh, Augie looks like this, Augie acts like this. And it also shows that the the first page of the book just goes into detail about how he's just a normal little boy. And so it's really heartbreaking that you see all these people, like 
kids will scream like he's a monster. At one point, his friend Jack says something like, if I looked like Augie, I'd kill myself. And it's it's just, it's so good. And it's heartbreaking and hopeful at the same time. That's a great description. That's probably one of the only books that's made me cry. I don't really cry from books, but I did from that one. That was a great book. And you were talking about it being hopeful. And that's really, really applicable. And that's very true of that book. I cried at the movie, too, a lot. I cried at the movie also. I've I've only (laughs) seen the movie. It, It made me sob multiple times. And they frame the movie in that that way with their like different chapters that you're paying attention attention to different viewpoints. So um, that's interesting that both of you felt like that should be on the list because it is a, a beloved book. That's what the list is all about. Is it's not the best book. It's perhaps the most beloved book in America. So and I think currently that is one of them. What about you, Olivia? What book did um, you? I wasn't expecting it to be on here at all because kind of very few people know about it. Only one person that I know has read this series. Well, it's kind of two series, but they're companions. It's the Ranger's Apprentice series and the Brother Band Chronicles series. And those are two of my favorite series ever. They're amazing, amazingly written. The dialogue is great. Funny characters, relatable characters. I should probably back up. Um, they're both set in medieval times and there's, you know, knights and castles and all that, but it's so, it feels like it could be modern, I guess. today. Yes, it could. Like the interactions and the characters could all be here today. My favorite of the two is the Brother Band Chronicles series. It has seven, seven or eight central characters, but then one main character and they're all part of a brother band and a brother band is a group of boys who basically it's their team and their team going through life and so that's the basis for it and so they have their own ship and they go on adventures and it's it's really well written i just love the prose and the syntax and the diction and it's all amazing so i just love reading it because it's so fun to read it's a fun book to read because it's so well written i've not heard of well, i've obviously not heard of the hello what is it hello, hello kitty. kitty must die must and die. It, <laughs> it's called that because she's um an asian girl okay and she doesn't like that oh asian girls are yes. like these hello kitty sort of okay so that's the reason <laughs> i've not heard of either of those so i will i will have to to look into those as well before we complete everything what book do you want to win what book do you think will win on this list? We'll go with Olivia first. Well, there are so many books that I have not read on this list yeah. that I couldn't know which one would win because I have not read most of them. <laughs> and so I wouldn't know if they're good or not or yeah. if others like them. Harry Potter has such a huge fan base that I wouldn't be surprised if that was up there. So that would be probably one of my picks because it's such an amazing series, but also because it has such a huge fan base and so many people like it. There's so many books I want to win. Can I say two? Sure. Okay. I'd really like it if The Great Gatsby or Jane Eyre won. And I didn't talk about those today, but those are two of my favorite books. Okay. However, I feel like something like The Hunger Games or Harry Potter will win because it just has so many 
fans, very loyal fans who yeah. are gonna vote for it. And it, they are good book series, so. I'm surprised that you chose Gatsby or, was the other one Jane Eyre? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you guys so much for coming in. Well, thank Thanks. you all. <laughs> thank you for having us. <laughs> Thank you for listening, book lovers, and remember to click subscribe wherever you may be listening to this podcast. Special thanks goes to The Mag 7 for providing us with music, to Scotty Vanderford, Colin Lutz, and Stevie Brashears for designing us such a cool logo. We encourage you to vote now at panhandlepbs.org slash greatamericanread for your favorite book on the list. See you next time. <laughs>